Uh, if you've been here with us, we've been spending the last three weeks in the parable of the sower. And uh, we're going to get to the last part, which is, in my opinion, is the best part. We're going to talk about the good soil, right? We talked about all the other soils. We talked about the wayward listeners. We talked about the rocky places. We talked about the thorny places. But now we're going to talk about the good soil. But before we even get into that, there's something very important that I need to tell you or ask you. Because if you don't even answer this question or know the answer to this question, you'll miss the entire point of the, the entire parable. You won't even know what it's all about. And the question I have to ask for you is, what is a fruitful life? Like, I really want you to ask yourself that. Like, Jesus is talking about fruit, right? This whole parable is an agricultural metaphor. And he's talking about this good soil does one thing that all the other three don't do, and that it produces fruit. It reproduces grain. And so I want to ask you, what is that fruit? Because if we don't even know what that is, you can listen to this whole sermon and waste 30 minutes of your life listening to me, and you won't even care what the answer is at the end because you'd be like, I don't even want that. So let's, let, let's get right to the point. Let's get right to the heart of it. And if you don't want to hear about it, you can turn this off. And I mean that. But I guarantee you, when I tell you what this fruit is, you won't. So I want to ask you, what do you think Jesus is talking about here? What do you think a fruitful life is? You might say, okay, it might be the things that I can do, the things that I accomplish. Okay? It might be relationships. It's the relationships that I carry and how much love that I have and how much trust that I have with the people around me. Okay? You might say it's the way that I... Uh, contribute to society, what I do, what I bring, how I make an impact around me, how I change things for the better around me, okay? You might say it's, it's, it's the way that I love, okay? You might say it's even this church, this community, the way that I give back, the way that I volunteer, the way that I serve other people, the way that I love other people, okay, okay? You might even say it's my relationship with Jesus, okay, okay? And then you might say it's a combination of all these things, okay? Okay, that's all good. But can I tell you something? Jesus tells us the answer in the parable. He tells us the answer in the parable. In fact, he tells the whole parable. Then afterwards, he meets with his disciples in the room, in a room by themselves. And they ask Jesus, what was this about? And Jesus tells them very clearly what it is. He tells them in Mark 4, he says, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. Did you guys catch that? They asked him, what's this all about? And Jesus just told them, I just told you guys the secret to the kingdom of God. Do you guys catch that? This whole parable is about the kingdom of God. Don't miss that. This whole entire parable is about the kingdom of God. That fruit, that word, everything that he, Jesus is talking about, it's about the kingdom of God, guys. It's not about how do you become a good person. It's not, fruit is not, oh, I'm a good person, I'm becoming a good person. It's not, oh, fruit is welling up in me and I'm a holy person, I'm a righteous person, I'm a good Christian. It's not any of that. It's not any of that. It's about the kingdom of God. And do you know what the fruit is? Jesus is saying, all I'm talking about is how the kingdom of God grows. How the kingdom of God expands. And what he's really telling us is how do you enter into the kingdom? Because that's the big difference right here, guys. There's three people who didn't enter into the kingdom of God, and there was one person that did. There was three soils that don't enter into the kingdom of God, and there's only one that does. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about how you become productive or a better person or a good person. He's not talking about how he's going to improve your life or how or things are going to get better. No, he's not even talking about any of that. He's talking about the kingdom of God, and he's saying, I'm looking for the real ones. And this is how I know who the real ones are who the real followers are and who my real disciples are and who has really entered into the kingdom of God. 
is the ones who are the good soil. That's how I know. Because the kingdom of God grows in them and the kingdom of God is spread through them. That's the fruit he's talking about. Don't miss it, guys. Now, 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 you might be saying, well, Jeremy, what are you talking about? What is the kingdom of God? Like, what are you talking about? Is this the matrix? Are you telling me there's like, there's like two kingdoms? Like, I don't understand. Like, what's this kingdom of God you're talking about? I get it. I understand. I'm going to explain to you what the kingdom of God is. I want you to understand that the kingdom of God is where he reigns and rules. Now, think about this. There's earthly kingdoms, right? There's earthly kingdoms. We can see that. We don't use that word anymore. Kingdom is very, like, archaic and ancient. I get that. There's, there's earthly nations, right? And there's earthly nations, and they're run by people, and they're run by rulers. We can see that. There's a ruler over every country. There's a ruler over different societies. There's a ruler over different cultures and, and, and things like that. You know this concept, guys. But I came to tell you today that there is a kingdom and a nation and a people and a realm that is ruled by someone named Jesus. There is one that is ruled by someone named Jesus Christ who is the best and the most mighty and the most loving king possible. And his kingdom is not a physical kingdom. It will be. And it's starting to be. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I know some of you know. I'm going to get there. But it's a spiritual one first. And it's one that comes in power. Now I'm going to answer one more question. One more question. You might be like, Jeremy, why, why do I care? Why would I even want to enter into this kingdom? I'm fine with things the way they are. I'm fine with America. I'm, I'm, and I'm being serious. I'm not, I'm not trying to patronize you. I, I mean that. You might be saying, why do I care? What is, what, why would I want to enter into this kingdom of God? What does it do for me? And I get that. I'm going to go back to that king analogy. Every kingdom is only as good as the king that rules it. I'm going to say that one more time. Every kingdom is only as good as the king who rules it. So let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you exactly why you want to be part of the kingdom of God. Because Jesus is a king like you've never seen before. Jesus is a king that rules with love that you've never seen before. He rules with peace that you've never seen before. He rules with justice that you've never seen before. He rules with righteousness that you've never seen before. He rules with power and glory. I could go on and on. But he rules like no king you've ever seen before. And therefore, every person who's part of this kingdom, every son and daughter who's part of this kingdom, lives under his beautiful rule and receives all the blessing and the inheritance of a good king. Do you guys sense that? When there's a good king, all the people rejoice. All the people prosper. That's what Jesus is offering you. Not just to prosper you, but for his glory. And he's saying, I'm the king of this wonderful, powerful, heavenly kingdom that you have no idea. And I'm asking you, Will you follow me into this kingdom? That's what he's asking. That's what this soil's about. Yeah. Don't miss that. If you forget everything else I just said, don't miss that. That's what this is about. And so as we talk about the good soil today, this is Jesus saying, these are, these are, the, these are the ways that I know you are a real disciple, that you're a real follower of me, that you've truly entered into the kingdom with me. So we're going to go into that. We're going to go into the three things that we're going to go into the three things that, that Jesus points out for the soils. Three things that you must do and remember if you're to be a true disciple, a real one that enters into the kingdom of God. All right? So let's go to Mark 4. If you're with me, you can open your Bibles. If not, I'll read it to you. 
I'm going to read you again the parable of the sower really quickly, and then I'm going to go into Jesus' explanation, okay? And so it says, again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea and on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and, he, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil, here it is, and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And we're going to skip down to when he actually explains it. So rare that Jesus actually explains a parable. One of the only times in the entire Bible he does that. So we must listen because Jesus is giving us the answer. So if we skip down to verse 20, Jesus gives us the answer. He's explaining to his disciples in a private room. Isn't this so interesting? Do you feel that? He's welcoming you right now into the quiet place. This information was only for his disciples. He kept it just for them. What a privilege it is to read the answer to the parable. And he says, But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. All right, so we're going to get into it, guys. And so... I know I just read you the Mark account, but I want you to know something really important. This parable was actually written by three different eyewitnesses of the same parable. One was written by Matthew, a disciple of his. One was written by Mark, who is a follower of Peter, so it's really Peter's account. And another was written by Luke, who was a good friend and a doctor who followed around the disciples a lot. And so there's actually three accounts of the same story. But what's very interesting is that each time the author picks up a different point that Jesus made in his parable. Something stuck out to their hearts. But each of these three points, they talk about three different actions of the good soil. Oh, it's so good. And so each of them, we're going to talk about. And when you read each of them, you're going to see that they're answers to what each of the first three soils did not do. It's so good. So let's get into the first one. You guys ready for that? Mm, let's go. In the Matthew account, Jesus explains the parable and he says, the good soil hears and understands. You guys catch that? He says, the good soil hears and understands. Now, what does that word understand mean? In Greek, that's synonymy. And what that means is it means to comprehend something fully and to correctly evaluate something as good or bad. That's, that's what that means. It means to comprehend something fully and to say, I can evaluate this accurately, if this is good or bad. That's what that means. And so what Matthew's account is trying to get at is saying, people who hear about the kingdom of God, do you really understand what you're hearing? And this is so important, guys, because this is speaking to the first soil. This is the wayward hearers. They hear something, and they think it just sounds good, but they have no idea what they just heard. They, they're the ones that come to church and they have a good time. And that's fine. I want you to have a good time. I really do. Are you having a good time? I'm so glad you're having a good time. So I want you to have a good time. But I want you to, have a, I want you to know why you had a good time. 
I'm gonna say that one more time. I don't just want you to have a good time. I want you to know why you had a good time. A lot of people come to church and say, oh, I had a good time, why? Uh, the music was good, great. Uh, the people were nice, great. The sermon sounded good. I mean, it made me feel good, that's great. Jesus, Jesus is good, I like that, that's good. Jesus died for me, that's good, I like that. Jesus wants to give me eternal life, that's good, I like that. But you still missed the point. <laughs> it's not about just that. You can say, I like them, they're really funny. I like Pastor Benjamin, he tells really funny jokes. I like Pastor Sonny, she's kind of scary though. I, know, I, I like them because they do funny stuff because they eat ridiculously hot chicken wings and it's really funny. That's so fun, that's good. That's all good. But, did, but you missed it. Did you guys see that? But you missed it. You heard it, but you didn't understand what made it good. Even eternal life. Can I, can I talk about this real quick? Yeah. Even eternal life. Can I tell you right now, if you're a believer in Jesus and you know what I'm talking about, can I tell you something? The whole point of being a Christian is not eternal life. Yeah. Can I tell you that? that? You might be like, Jeremy, that's blasphemous. No, no, no. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you why. If you think that eternal life is the whole point, then your whole life on earth means nothing. Because that means Jesus means nothing to you until you're dead. <laughs> He can't do anything for you until you're dead. You, you guys feel what I'm saying? You missed the whole point. Jesus is saying, it's not about eternal life. It's about entering into my kingdom. Where you find eternal life, it's when you enter into a relationship with me. Where you love me because I love you. And in that relationship is abundant life that is eternal. Do you guys, do you guys see that? But the wayward hearers, they hear, but they don't fully understand. They hear, but they cannot correctly evaluate what they heard. They miss the whole point. And so when they leave Sunday, when Monday morning comes, they totally forgot everything that was said. All they remember was, oh yeah, it was fun. It was good. I'll come back. But you didn't really enter into the kingdom of God. You guys catch that? So how do you become good soil? I'm talking to you right now, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I want to draw you into the good soil. And so if you're that person, that's okay. Can I tell you the secret? Jesus gives us the secret too. How does this become good soil? You have to remember one thing. I'm going to tell it to you right now. This powerful verse from Jesus in John, in the Gospel of John. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's all you have to remember. Jesus is the way into the kingdom. Jesus is the truth. Everything he says is right and trustworthy, and real, and he is the life. It's life with him. It's not just eternal life. It's not just him making your life better. He is the life. If you do not follow him, and if you do not enter with him into his kingdom, you don't really have life. That's all you need to know. If you forget everything else I said this morning, that's the gospel. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. All right? That's for the way we're hearers. Let's go to the next one, Mark what I just read to you. Did you catch what Mark said? Mark said, the good soil, they hear and accept it. Accept it, mm, interesting word. What does accept mean? Accept in Greek is paradinomai. What does that mean? That means to receive something. It's, 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 like, it's like when someone gives you a gift, you take it, you receive it. You take it and you receive it. But it's also talking about trust. It's not just receiving something. It's almost like receiving a person. How do you receive a person into your home? There's a certain level of trust, right? When you receive someone into your home, you don't just receive anybody into your home. That's what Jesus is saying. I don't just want to be an acquaintance. Do you receive me? Are you receiving me? This is talking about how much do you trust me? 
You could believe that I am who I am, but you could be like, all right, Jesus, just stay on the sidewalk. I mean, I believe you're the son of God. I heard what you said. The kingdom, that sounds all great. That's good. That's fine. But just stay out there. I can't let you inside. I don't really trust you. It's talking about trust, guys. Do you trust Jesus? I'm going to tell you a really quick story. I love this story. There was a tightrope a tight rope walker. You guys know who those guys are? Like they, there's like a, they, like, like 100 feet in the air, they span this rope, just one rope, and they walk across it. So this world famous tight rope walker, and he went to Niagara Falls, and he put this line all the way across Niagara Falls. And this huge crowd gathered, right? They're watching him, he's like crazy. And they're like, oh my gosh. And he's like, do you guys think I can do it? They're like, yeah, we believe you can do it. And he walks all the way across, right? The crowd goes crazy, right? He's like, I'm going to do something crazier. He says, I'm going to go even one step further. He takes out a wheelbarrow. He goes, do you guys think I can carry this wheelbarrow across on the tightrope? They're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But he's like, do you think I can do it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, the crowd's like, yeah, 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 you can do it, you can do it. So he goes back across the way that he came with the wheelbarrow on the rope. And the crowd goes crazy. He goes, and he goes, do you guys, do you guys believe in me? They're like, yeah, we believe in you. He's like, all right, I'm going to do it one more time, but I need a volunteer to sit in the wheelbarrow. Ooh. Nobody raised their hand. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something. Do you guys treat Jesus that way? Shoot. You say you believe in me. Oh, I believe in you, Jesus. You are the son of God. Yeah, you saved me from my sin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're the one. You're, you're good. Amen. Hallelujah. All that stuff. But when Jesus says, put your life on the line, do you believe me? Get in the wheelbarrow. Do you trust me? Do you really accept me? How many of you would say yes? But that's the good soil. But do you see, that's the rocky places. When things got tough, when things got hard, remember it said the sun came down and scorched them. When things get tough, and I get it, I'm not saying I don't have compassion, but when the things get tough and hard and it's painful and it hurts, that's when the trust really comes in, right? Do you trust Jesus? But that's why the rocky places, they didn't have that trust. And they withered and died. They turned away from Jesus and said, Jesus, I can't trust you. <laughs> this pain is too much. I can't trust you. You're not who you say you are. But Jesus is right there saying, are you sure? And so you're asking me, how do, I, how do I get that trust, Jeremy? How do I become good soil? Just like any other relationship, it's simpler than you think. You gotta spend time with him, guys. This is the real reason why you hear me, this, you know, this preacher that stands up here every Sunday, telling you you gotta read your Bible every day, telling you you gotta pray every day. Do you wanna know why I ask you to do that? Because you can't trust somebody you don't know. I'm telling you that. I'm not telling you to do it because it's homework. I'm telling you to do it because if you don't do it, you're a rocky place because you don't know him. I'm not asking you to trust somebody you don't know. So what I'm asking you to do is to get to know him. Then you will trust him. I don't trust him blindly. I'm telling you that. I'm not telling you that just because I'm a pastor. I trust him because I know him. I'm not asking you to trust somebody you don't know. But you got to do the work and spend the time with somebody to get to know them. Then trust comes easier. Then you have something to root your trust in. Pun was fully intended, okay? So you have to spend time with him so that you actually know him. Then you trust him, okay? It's okay if you leave Jesus on the sidewalk for one day. 
But if Jesus comes by every day and you talk to him on the sidewalk every day, he gets closer and closer. Then you say, okay, that's cool. Come sit with me on my lawn. Come sit with me on my porch. When you talk to him more and more and more, Jesus is not going to say, hey, let me in your door right now. He's not that way. He's gentle. He says, I come at the door and I knock. He waits outside. But he's, he, 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 he can wait. Don't worry. He's patient. Okay? He is patient. Okay? He can wait. But the point is, are you working with him on that? Are you working towards letting him in? You gotta spend time with them, guys. That's why. Because you, don't, you can't trust someone you don't know. Yeah. Mm, mm. All right, let's go to the last one. This one's so good. so good. In Luke, Jesus says, and the good soil, they hear the word, they hold it fast with a good and honest heart, with perseverance. Ooh, so much, right? So many things. You guys catch that? He says the last one is, and the good soul, they hear the word of God. They hold it fast with a good and honest heart with patience. Mm, so much. I'm about to Greek you so much. All right, here we go. I got to give you a lot of Greek right now, but it's so important. The word hold it fast is katecho. That means to restrain. It's like, it's, 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 it's almost like, it's almost like when you're like, when you have a prisoner and you tie them up and you're like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> That's what it means. It's like restraining something, like don't move, don't move. I can't let you out of my sight. Don't go anywhere. It's like something so precious. You're like, I can't let this out of my sight. I can't let this out of my sight. I just can't let this go. I can't lose this. I just can't lose it. You can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. That's what that means, holding it tight. Then the next thing he says, Luke says, he even explains how you hold it tight. He says, with a good and honest heart. Both these words actually in Greek mean good. It's synonyms. One is agathos and the other is kalos. Kalos is excellent. It's like fitting. It's like this is good for this. Like, 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 it's like, oh, I'm a, this is a good hammer. Why is it a good hammer? Because it hammers well. Does that make sense? It's a good hammer. It's good for what it does. It's excellent. The other word uh, agathos just means high quality. It means beautiful, beneficial. It's just good to have. It's good. It's just the quality of being excellent or high quality. So he's, he's essentially saying the same thing, but not, right? But he's using two words. We do this all the time. It's like saying very good, right? He's saying good, 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 good. How do you hold on to this? He's saying do it good, good. Do it well. Do it very well. Do it excellently well. Do it high quality, excellently well. He's emphasizing again and again and again. How do you do it? It's not just holding on to it, but doing it well. And then the last word, with patience. It's not, oh, I, I can wait a long time. No, it's more like the word perseverance. Patience here is hypomony, and that means more of endurance, long-suffering. You guys catch that? It's like, I'm going to hold on to this no matter what. That's what that means, endurance persistence, consistency. I'm, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to hold it well, and I'm going to hold on to it well no matter what. Yeah. You guys catch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't that speak to the thorny places? Because that's exactly what they didn't do. <laughs> that's exactly what they didn't do. They didn't hold on to it well. They didn't hold on to it excellently. They didn't hold on to it persistently. You guys catch that? They got distracted. 
Oh, what's that? What's that over there? Oh, what's that? What's that over there? You know, it's interesting. You can believe that Jesus is who he says he is. You can even trust him. But you know what the last thing this is really touching on? Is value. Do you value him? You can believe all that stuff. But let's say, I'll use the house analogy again. Let's say, I don't know, just because I like basketball. What if Steph Curry walked by the sidewalk? Oh, hey, it's Steph Curry. Hey, Jesus, uh, can you leave? Because Steph Curry's outside. Seriously. We do that all the time, guys. (laughs) Oh, hey. Oh, hey, there's money outside. Hey, Jesus, uh, can you leave? Because there's money outside. (laughs) Hey, oh, wow. Ooh, this one's going to be tough. Some of you guys might get mad if I felt like saying it. You sure, Chinway? <laughs> Some of you might say, hey, my family's outside. Jesus, you got to go. Because when it comes to my family, they come first. I'm not saying don't love your family. But what I'm saying is, don't kick Jesus out. Don't miss what I just said. Let them in. But let them in with Jesus. So that they know Jesus. Don't say, whenever there's a conflict... Don't kick Jesus out. Okay? You guys catch that? This is about value. I can trust a weatherman that he knows what the weather is. I can believe him that what he's saying is true. I can trust him that he knows what he's talking about. But is the weatherman the most important person to me in the world? No, he's not. I can go to any other weather channel and watch another weatherman. Do you treat Jesus like that? He's just another weatherman. He's just another good thing. But there's many good things. Just another good thing out there. There's another helpful person out there, but there's many helpful people. Just one of many important people to me, but not the most important person. I go to a restaurant. I trust the chef, well, I sure hope you do, that he's cooking my food. He won't get me sick. I believe him that he can cook, and I believe that it will taste good, and I trust him that he won't make me sick. But is he the most important person to me? I could go to any other restaurant I want at any time. Do you treat Jesus like a buffet? He's like, oh, yeah, he's just one, of, one thing that I taste. One thing that's good in my life. I'm just going to go on to the next other good thing in my life. Other good things in my life. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Little bit of Jesus, little bit of this. Little bit of Jesus, little bit of that. Can I tell you guys something? If you put down Jesus and you restrain something else, I guarantee you with all my heart, it will never be as good as Jesus. You could search the world forever to try to find something better than Jesus. I'm going to save you that right now. It's him. He's the thing you need, and whether you realize it or not, he's the thing that you actually want and desire. And what this really comes down to, guys, is also love. Because you're asking me, Jeremy, how do I change? How do I become good soil when there's so many thorns? Guys, the secret is love. When you love someone, they're automatically the most important person to you. And the one that you love most, right? is automatically the one that is most important to you. So how do the thorny places become good soil? I'll tell you guys, you got to fall in love with Jesus. You have to fall in love with him. And I mean that. I meet so many Christians that know Jesus, study the Bible, that serve. I mean, serious, they serve faithfully. They give their life to Jesus. They believe him, but they don't love him. I'm, I'm so serious, guys. They don't love him. They treat him like he's a boss. He's a taskmaster. 
They treat him like just something just to obey or just something to do. They know him. They trust him, sure. But they're not in love with him. They're not in love with him. That's the secret, guys. When you love someone, it's easy to hold them right here. Because you're just saying, I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I mean, that's how I feel about my wife. That's easy for me. It's not hard for me to hold her in place. Yeah. If it was, then that's the issue. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not. You know why? Because I love her. That's easy. And, when you, and then when you fall in love deeper and deeper and deeper, it's just so easy. It's just like, man, I love you so much. When's the last time you told Jesus that? Jesus, man, I love you so much. So how, how do you build this love? And this is the secret. It's not even you doing it. Do you know what you need to do? You just need to sit in a quiet place and let Jesus tell you how much he loves you. That's how you fall in love with someone. You don't even take the first step. I don't even want you to do anything. I want you just to sit in the quiet place and say, Jesus, just tell me how you feel about me. Because I guarantee you, if you hear how Jesus feels about you and you let him tell you how much he loves you, you're going to be welled up with so much love in your heart. It's going to be easy to love him back. Come on, guys. That's how you become a good soil from the thorny place. You go back to your lover and you let him tell you how much he loves you. And then you love him back. It's so easy. It's so easy. And so, guys, I don't want you to miss this whole thing. God is calling you to something. He's saying there's a lot of people out there, but there's not a lot of good soil. But he's saying, this is the secret. I'm looking for the real ones. I'm looking for the real followers. The real ones who know me who trust me and who love me. That's the three things. I want that, that's what Jesus is talking about. The real disciples, the real followers, the real children of God, the ones who know me, understand, the ones who accept and trust me, and the ones who love me and hold me close. That's the secret, guys. That's the secret to entering into the kingdom of God. It's nothing else. It's not about what you do, what you don't do. Get that all out of your head. That's what it's about. So in this moment right now, I just want you to close your eyes right now and interact with God. This is the time for you between you and Jesus. And it's okay, whichever soil you are, if you're not the good soil. But it's about moving towards the good soil. It's about understanding and being aware of what is keeping you from being a true disciple. What's keeping you from truly following Jesus. And so right now, just lay in front of him and say, I want to be good soil, Jesus. I want to be a real disciple. I want to follow you. I want to enter into your kingdom. I want to be part of your family. I want to be part of your kingdom, part of your people who receive all the blessing and the inheritance of a good king who you are. I want to be in that kingdom where it's not like the earth, where it's full of this evil and this corruption, but part of your kingdom, God, where you rule with a love and a grace and a power and a justice and a righteousness that I can't even understand. That's what I want. But Jesus, in my heart right now, it's hard because these things are blocking me. But right now, I come before you and I say, I want to be good soil, but Jesus, would you teach me how right now? And if I need to understand, then speak to me, Holy Spirit, right now and teach me to know Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Yes, right now. 
And if I need to trust him more, Jesus, would you come and tell me more about who you are? I want to learn who you are. I want to meet you in a real way. I want to know you as a friend. I want to know you like I know anyone else, like any other relationship. I want to know you. I want to really know you. I want to really know you in a personal way. And Jesus will say yes. And say, because in that place, Jesus, then I can trust you. But I need to know you as a friend. But I'm here today to say, I want to know you as a friend. Would you come and be with me so I can learn and get to know you like I've never known you before? And lastly, if you feel like I'm in those thorny places and I just don't care about Jesus, say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Would you tell me how much you love me? Would you stir my heart again and tell me how precious I am to you and tell me how much you delight and sing over me and how beautiful you think I am and how valuable you think I am? and how precious you think I am and how much you love me. Because I know, Lord, when I hear your love for me, oh man, my heart will awaken. Oh man, my heart will be filled with love. Oh man, then I'll love you again. And then I can hold you in front of me and say, wow, thank you for loving me, Jesus. Man, I love you too. I love you too. I'm just going to say one more thing. If you're someone here today, this is the first time you've ever heard anything about God, anything about Jesus, I want to tell you that there's good news. You might be like, what's this crazy guy talking about, about the kingdom of God? But I came here to tell you today that there is a Savior, and His name is Jesus. And He came 2,000 years ago, and He came to this earth and to die on the cross. But why? Because He came to take away the sin the brokenness inside of us that separates us from God. He came to remove that through his blood, through his sacrifice, and say, if you trust me, if you choose to follow me, I'll take you right to God. I'll take you right to the kingdom, and I'll take you to paradise where I reign and rule, and I'll give you new life, and I'll give you abundant life, and I'll give you a life that you can only imagine, the life that I created you to have from the very beginning of time. I've come to take away that brokenness in your life, but all you have to do is believe that I am the Son of God. Is, for, is ask for forgiveness of your sins and commit your life to me and say, I will follow you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior and as my King. And right now, I ask you, if you feel that in your heart, I want you to close your eyes and pray this simple prayer with me right now. If you feel moved right now to give your life to Jesus, all you need to say is this, Jesus, mm, thank, you for your, thank you for your sacrifice. I need you in my life. I need you to forgive me of my sins. I need you to heal my brokenness. Lord, would you forgive me and take away my sin? I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Savior of the world. And I believe you came and died for me. I give my life to you. I surrender myself to you. I want to be with you. I want to follow you with all my heart. And I want to enter into your kingdom where you reign and where you rule. You are my King and you are my Lord. And I am your son and I am your daughter. This is the start of my new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Man, so good. If you prayed that prayer right now, I just want you to put into the chat that you prayed that prayer. And there's a link going out right now because I want you to know, mm, you are in the kingdom. And you belong to him. And I want you to know your life is different. Your life has been changed forever. But also... We're in that family too. And now, we're family. You're my brother and you're my sister. And what family does is we walk with each other. So I want you to know you're not meant to follow Jesus alone. You're meant to do it with a family. 
And so the point of asking you to connect with us is because we want to walk with you. We want to we walk with you in this journey, and we want to build our relationship as a family. We want to lift you up. We want to encourage you. We want to pour into you, and we want to rejoice with you. So don't just say that prayer and disappear into the sunset, all right? <laughs> Would you come and be part of this family? Would you come and do life with us? All right, guys. So I'm just going to wrap us up in prayer really quick. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us here today. Would you teach us how to be good soil? Would you teach us how to enter into the kingdom more and more, more fully, more fully, and follow you deeper and deeper? Because that's where true life is, with you in the kingdom. We love you, Lord. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thank you guys for being here with us this morning. I hope you were blessed. I hope you were encouraged by the word. We love you all. Don't forget to come back here next week. It's going to be a powerful time on Valentine's Day. We're going to have Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny tag team preach. It's going to be so good. So we hope to see you guys there, all right? Have a great Sunday, guys. God bless.